It was a hardy boy mission in charge to unravel Sounds from the stars, sometimes it's pure babble But back to the gravel, we comb the blocks Looking for the predators that roam the blocks Now the gang or taxpayer outsmart the fox It's the red tape and politics that run the flocks Put up a grid of the city and connect the dots Residents, our meal tickets must protect our stocks Investments in glocks, tasers and flak jackets Interacting with scholars on down to crack addicts Deadbeat dads vanishing like black magic Now moms prostitute to survive and that's tragic Traffic stops recorded on dashboard cams Or tenants complaining about landlord scams And that's only part of what's addressed on the beat Plus there's tension at the station so we're stressed on the street No sweet taste for some that don't eat tea Rising in the ghetto sometimes we don't meet Girl, tired of the older of the street Alright by the egg, Kyle down Tired of the freaks, tired of the I ain't mean to do it Help a brother out man, you ain't really black You just fronting for the white man Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Dispatch is eyes and ears, that's the way it works all points bulletin, units stay alert. Patrol car cruising down the strip. Got a tip that a dope boy's about to pie flip for a grip. Jip told the whole story. Now we out like Cape Crusaders. Trying to elevate the ranks like elevators. Yep. They all haters from our dispatch. Just a job, man. Tell them what our mission to is. To protect and serve as our vocation. From cracking a violator of probation to surveilling a location. Hostage negotiations. Show the patience employed when we avoid violence but no ovation. Clap, clap the guns. Gold funds never possible. Living in a city where your skin is an obstacle. Whether you a cop or a shop on the front end with bricks in the back, man, it don't mean nothing. Bro. Stand by, Pete. And a hard place. And the color of my face. Caught between the rock and a hard place. And the color of Alright, got y'all all on standby. Price, who's a pioneering member of the force from a youth. I took the path resembling his course and was raised in the neighborhoods and paid to patrol as a group that pastor at the church prayed for my soul. Now my partner giving history lessons while we're progressing. Got another perk in back of the car, he ain't confessing. Another brother going on chill, he looking guilty as hell, but at the same time I'm thinking as hell. Caught between the rock and a hard place. All right, all right. Welcome back to another rendition of Too Blue to Be Black, Too Black to Be Blue here on My Tribe uh, Radio Network here powered by Brass Radio 1. And uh, we got a hot one this Friday, man. We got everybody in on online here on call. We got uh, uh, the good lieutenant. Yes, sir. Oh, hey, that's my roll call. We got uh, Kyle. 
What's up? What's going on? All right, all right. And then last but not least, we got Owen. Hey, hey. All right, all right. So everybody is, is in the building. Uh, you know, I, when I first sent this text out, uh, you know, talking about the topic uh, today, uh, well, we talked about the COVID-19 and how uh, it's impacting the, the world, but but even more importantly, how it's impacting uh, people of color in the community, how we're responding. And rather, oh, what oh, hold on. We got a little bit. Is a big all right, all right. That's what happens when you got a new podcast series going and you're testing out software. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, man, I um, you know, I'm just uh, you know, sitting here watching the news and, and starting to think, you know, uh, you know, more reflectively about our community. Uh, and I uh, was listening. I know you, uh, P and 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 all you guys listening to uh, Madison. I'm trying to turn Kyle on to him as well. But you know, he's talking about uh, recently out in L.A. You had uh, L.A. County setting up testing sites, and uh, it was noticed that the testing sites were all around L.A. County, uh, excluding. Uh, south uh, in the southern part of Los Angeles, uh, the city itself, which was predominantly black and Hispanic community. Um, and so then, of course, uh, that brought in that, that whole spotlight, you know, when he went to Chicago, went to New York. And, and of course, we know Chicago right now, the, the uh, Cook County uh, Correction Center is like the epicenter, uh, you know, for what's going on with black and brown people being infected inside the prison system, including the guards, but more importantly as well that uh you know the predominant uh demographic is black and brown and then we see our governor uh who after doing such a great job uh now you know also also put emphasis on hey let's start looking and tracking the data on uh the black and brown communities in new york city to see whether or not uh we're, we're doing the, our due diligence as far as treatment as well as identifying who all has the virus so that's that's the that's the first part of the show. And then the second part, uh, we're going to go into uh, Bernie Sanders, man, announcing that he was uh, suspending. Make sure we put that in there, suspending his campaign, which leads uh, um, Biden to uh, wait for the official word that he is the uh, nominee for the Democratic uh, representation going into this presidential election. So. Uh, that's, that's the playing field. That's what we got. I know I, I told you guys to do your homework and I know, uh, we ready to fire this thing up. So, um, yeah, man, who, who wants to jump in and start talking about this, um, uh, this LA thing? Cause it, Kyle, I know you sent a great, uh, article out, man. I read that and it was awesome. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that, that article was, uh, just, you know, falling in line with what we're talking about, you know, it, there are already a lot of issues within our communities when we start to talk about how we are adequately taking care of ourselves uh, with nutrition, exercise, and under understanding if we have any medical underlying issues. Um, but on top of that, we don't really have medical uh, institutions set up to go out and, you know, do the right type of advocacy in the communities that they should be doing that within. Um, right. You know, I, I don't think we, we ever see anybody going out into the public unless it's through like a Baden Street settlement or something like that. You know, these local organizations built around doing something like that but the hospitals aren't thinking about those areas the way that they should be um so that information tied in with another article i read uh germany has studies out where they're basically saying they believe that the u.s is only really looking at maybe a, a fraction of the percentages because of the fact that they're not really adequately testing 
the way they should or could be. So maybe we're only really capturing a very small, small percentage of the actual positive cases that we have in America. So I'll just kind of open with that. Yeah, Don, that's awesome. And, and Owen, what about that? What do you think, brother? Well, you know, I'm I'm not familiar with all the statistics because I just haven't been had the opportunity to really follow. I know that the uh, mayor of Rochester uh, put out a statement based on um, making a statement about the effect on black and brown people. Uh, but here's an interesting statistic. Now, this isn't done, no scientific scientific uh, evidence at all. Just what I've observed. So where I work at, there are a number of homeless folks. So I work right next door to, if you're from Rochester, you will know the RTS Transit Center uh-huh. uh, that they built a few years ago and all the problems that came along with that. Well, what we're dealing with right now is a homeless population who is just hanging out. So there's no social distancing. There's, it's just a group of people who constantly hang out every day. And one of the things that me and uh, another coworker noticed that these people don't seem to be sick. They don't seem to be getting sick. They, they show up every day. They don't social distance. But these folks seem to be okay. Maybe they got enough antiseptic, whatever, in their system. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> they just seem to be there. They're not falling off. I mean, you see the same faces every day. Uh-huh. So, and, and when Kyle said that, you know, the, uh, there isn't adequate testing. We, we know that. Right and and hospitals aren't reaching out to the. I'm thinking this is this is your petri dish right here. You need to come out and really start, you know, reaching out to these folks and testing them, you know, not only for coronavirus but you know, shoot, whatever else might be out here, you know. So we, we do need a conscious effort from our medical medical community to reach out to this particular population. All right. Well, what do you think about that, Good Lou? Well, to be honest, fellas, you know, I, I look, I know the statistics are still being put together. All right. The statistics, the statistics are still being put together and they're in a situation where, you know, numbers can be skewed. Uh, it can be played with. Uh, and we, we know that the, the, brown, the, the people of color, black and brown, they we've already, already had a spotty situation with getting medical tests, going to the doctor, you know, preventive uh, doctors as far as, you know, going and getting a treated or having physicals every year. Uh, we know we've had a very, very bad, rep- not reputation, but situation where because of insurance and employment, it doesn't happen. Now, take a think about being in a hospital emergency department and it's full of people. Uh-huh. All right. And a lot of them are thinking that they've got uh, the the COVID nineteen when they may actually only have a, a sinus con- congestion or allergies or the, just the common cold. Right now, with testing for Corona virus, you know I'm not going to say the hospitals are saying, hey, you know these these people here are people of color. This person is off the street with no insurance, but they're in the ED. Right. You know, and a lot of these hospitals are sworn to treat. But now they're talking about paying for it. Uh, they're, they're saying, you know, they're sending people home, telling them it's just a cold or whatever, so they can save the number of tests that they may have for other folks that may come in there who's got the 
$40,000 a year job right. and a $300,000 house out in the suburbs. Uh-huh. You know, uh, talk about homeless people, homeless people out west, uh, uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, would make Rochester look like a kindergarten with the number, you know, comparison. I've driven through areas where it was homeless people and homeless people in camps, and you think it was a city within a city. Right. All right. right. So, you know, the, the main thing now is there's always been some type of disparity and we are still scratching our head here in 2020. You know why this disparity is continuing and this virus has now brought it out even again or even more that, you know, people of color are not getting their adequate treatment. Now, talking about Los Angeles County's setup, whoever put that together need to be brought before the city council, county commission, the mayor, the governor, so they can explain why all these areas out here have testing centers. I bet there's a testing center in Beverly Hills. I bet there's a testing center in Malibu, but there's no testing center in South Central. That's the area we all love to hear about Los Angeles. South Central, Compton, Watts, all of that. Why what aren't about, there testing about, what about downtown, downtown LA, where a lot of the uh, uh, poverty is, is really like right, a lot of ho- and a lot of homeless and, a, and yeah. a ton of homeless. All right, there's some areas of, of Los Los, Los Angeles you could pull up. You have two, three guys jumping on your car, washing windows, and expect money, and will get highly upset if they don't get anything. You know, it's just remarkable, but it's, that is still going on. And the question is why, even in this day and age, with social media the way it is. And the ability for people to drive all around and see why is it still going on? The people here's the problem we're having: the people who are making these decisions are not being called out on the carpet. That's the problem. That is the problem. There, they're not they're not forced to explain themselves. The person who made the decisions about where these centers were going need to explain why there isn't a center in South Central or centers in South Central. You expect African Americans now to drive all the way to Beverly Hills? Uh, that's not going to happen. And right. I just want to add to that, too. You know, another thing to understand, like, they made a process around determining if you're positive for, for COVID-19. Like, you're supposed to have symptoms, contact the primary, go through all this, all this talk with your primary, and then get some type of, like, approval from the primary who then calls the hospital to let them know you're going to need to come take a test. And then you're kind of put through based on Getting this initial screening by your primary to be able to be let through to do that. I have a, like a best friend in Mount Vernon, New York, no PPE, nothing. Uh-huh. Ended up contracting it. But that's the process he had to go through. Now, he didn't have a primary. Gotcha. And I'm talking to him like, why don't you have a primary? Bro? Like, okay, we can talk about this afterwards, but, you know, take care of yourself now. But we start getting into that conversation when we start talking about our community having primary. We start talking about we start talking about people who, you know, obviously are homeless and don't have the right to have a primary doctor. Right. To be able to get the right advocacy to, to be able to go into the hospital anyway. So I always feel like there's two barriers when we start talking about medical treatment. Like number one is always going to be money. And then number two is advocacy slash knowledge. Because yeah, you can huge. have all the money in the world and you can still go into a hospital and not make right decisions for yourself or choose the wrong doctor based on improper credentials or what you thought would be helpful. People stay with horrible doctors all the time. Like there's just, there's such a, like a varying degree of issues that I feel African-American communities are going to face 
in terms of dealing with you know hospitals to begin with but Pete, i mean you're hitting you're hitting a lot of those things right on the head so Pete, my question to you or lieutenant however you want to be called <laughs> for you for you you call it sir for you okay there's all these barriers right but like what would you recommend as a way for for people who are like you know the homeless that can't be served the resource limited what is it what is a solution you see that would be good for them with with the homeless community especially from what i've seen out here that is a very tough situation because number one you can't help people who may not want to be helped or don't want to be helped a lot of alcoholism with, with a lot of these folks a lot of mental health issues a lot of drug issues a ton of drug issues so now basically you know you pull up and you know, they want money <clears throat> in order to go and do the things that that individual likes to do so now in social agencies out here they try all the time they have all type of things going on i drove through an area the other day where they had a street a street blocked off and with a, a chain link chain link fence with a screen so it would cut down on people being able to look through where they had like a camp. These people had a whole entire street, the sidewalk, the street, the road, everything for themselves. They had the porta potties out there. They had social service agencies going to individuals trying to find out what person need what service, what help. If you can so you go to a homeless person, if you can go to a homeless person and say, uh, Tom, can you come to this agency tomorrow or can this afternoon so we can test you? Because you you feel that you may have, you know, coronavirus or whatever. Now you gotta have to think about that person coming back and going through this whole process. They don't they don't process that type of information. So let me jump in. A, oh, I'm sorry. They're on, they're on a, yeah, they're on a survival thing. Dealing with them personally is a very tough situation. So let me jump right, in me, here then, because I wanted to, to to touch on something that Owen uh, brought up earlier, uh, and then Kyle took it uh, in in two different um parallels but i mean so first part is that all was saying it, it appears that people uh that are homeless uh are not displaying any type of overt um uh um attributes or, or, or symptoms of this virus right you, you don't see them uh dying or being sick it's it, it appears that you know again we're talking about that it's a normal uh everyday uh thing for them that's going on out there and you know, honestly, I, I want to say that, you know, much like the um, the black community, uh, when it comes to the health care issue, uh, we are um, this invisible or translucent community uh, similar to the homeless group. You know, again, we're talking about like CNN had on 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 TV that, uh, well, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, heart disease um, and then. Um, the lack of trust with the healthcare is why uh, black people are, are dying from COVID. And I'm going, okay, well, you got that side of the uh, the facet or factor, but you totally disregard that when you set up testing sites that go all the way around the community and you don't make it accessible to the community uh, by uh, because there's a lack of uh, internet and Wi-Fi access, lack of computers in the home. Uh, you know, then you talk about poverty. Uh, and again, we talk about the poor healthcare uh, system where it's set up. You talk about uh, racism uh, with the redlining of how this testing sites were set up in L.A. So, 
you know, I think we look at the different factors, uh, you know, and we try to highlight some and not others. So uh, with regard to the homeless, I, I think that you probably if you start testing them would find them uh, displaying uh, symptoms similar to uh, the black community. If they start testing, you're going to see that number spike and start to go up uh, because now you're you're exposing the community that is uh, either a carrier or is actually uh, dealing with uh, the sickness of, of this uh, this virus. So I, I just wanted to bring that to the forefront uh, because I think that was a, a, a huge piece. You know, you got one social media uh, trying to uh, highlight uh, the uh, known risk factors within the black community without acknowledging that, you know, black people don't trust the uh, the healthcare system because look what they did with uh, the Tuskegee, with the syphilis, you know, or black people don't trust because you looked at uh, the uh, Chicago and Ohio area when that doctor was killing uh, people uh, for their organs, right? And the families were like, I thought they were sick, but then they came in with a mild sickness and ended up dying. So there's a lot of there's a lot of disparity and discrimination going on within these these uh, these institutions that aren't getting the credit for why black people are coming up, you know, with this this particular virus and dying at a higher rate than the rest of the, the, the community. You know, and then and again, our last piece and, I, and I'll turn it back over to you guys is our youth that are out here disregarding uh, and partying and doing you know, their normal uh, social functions because they're saying, you know what, we're black and we're uh, we're oblivious to this uh, virus. We, we, we're, we're not showing the data so nobody believes it's actually impacting us the way it is. Well, first, to be honest with you, to think of going back with homeless real quick, <clears throat> a lot of homeless people, probably 98% of them, they are living with any, they, they got a cold, they live with it. They get the flu, they live with it. They right. power through it. If they make it through it, okay, or whatever, in a week, they're good to go. If they don't, and something else happens, or unfortunately something tragic happens, that's what occurred. Out here, people, homeless people who are living on the street, they end up dying on the street. All right? I had a situation where I was going into the courthouse <clears throat> about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, just before we shut down. And there was a situation where there was four cars out there, four police cars out there because a homeless person literally died on the sidewalk across the street from the courthouse because that's where that person, quote unquote, lived. They, they are living with these situations and you don't see homeless people sitting around in the EDs at hospital. You don't right. see homeless people going into urgent care because they don't have insurance. They don't have a way to pay. If a homeless person will think, hey, if I got a cold or I'm sick. I'll be okay in about three or four days. They don't have no choice. And I think it goes back to what Owen was saying before when, you know, it seems like the homeless people aren't being infect, uh, affected because we're not hearing about things like what you're saying, Pete, or uh, how, how about when the, uh, the, the, the uh, thing was going around social media saying, oh, black people not being impacted, and then the first person that passed away here in Monroe County in, in upstate New York was what? A brother. Yeah, the thing is, is that they're not homeless. People aren't getting tested. That's the problem. Right. The, the they're, not getting, they're, not they're not getting, getting tested. tested. Right. And and, and and but check this out. They're also doing something else. Okay. So next week, beginning this morning, coming, they're going to start targeted enforcement of people who aren't doing social distancing. So I come to wonder what we're going to do with those folks. Because remember, we have bail reform here in New York, so you basically can't go to jail. 
So they're going to pick people up, put them in a police car, park them someplace else, and then they'll come back and do the same thing all over again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I really, I just don't get it. So, so, so there, there, there are a lot of economical issues that were that are already like what like what we're saying right now is there were tons of disparities socioeconomically within our community, and this is going to exacerbate them. That's what we've all agreed on. Yeah. When it comes to the homeless population, the one thing I will say is this: there's so many variables having to do with those numbers, and a part of me also believes. They were social distance from the from the rest of the community before this happened. Oh, absolutely. So there, so there might also be, uh, you know, a, a fact that not as much of this has even gotten through or broken through into the homeless population from what we know. But we don't know that because we're not really in a city where we take preventative measures or we take proper investment towards certain things in our community that we should be taking seriously uh -huh. like when we're, we're this would get into a whole conversation of why developments were shut down why developers were given properties and people were kicked out of places mm. and displaced and then we start talking about you know what kind of development efforts have happened in the area to make it so that what we're seeing right now is happening the way that it's happening right like that i mean with that because we have to take everything back to its origin in a sense right so right. like what we're seeing now is definitely the product of bad investment, period. Right. And we, we are holding the medical institutions. Uh, and I don't know if that was Owen or, or, or Peter said that we aren't holding the institutions to a high enough standard to make sure that they're properly going after and targeting the communities that they need to. Right. You know, U of R is really good for creating liaison positions and when's the last time you guys were somewhere where a liaison talked to you about you know u of r and, and asthma and diabetes like have you all been in a room where that's happened no and and, and it's funny anybody? that you bring that up too because kyle you, you you're bringing up not only a piece about the medical community as it uh relates to uh, uh highlighting uh issues that impact uh the black and brown community in their health regard but how about this piece here uh, with the the grocery store workers, uh, the Home Depot, the uh, the Walmart, uh, the medical technicians and whatnot, these are people of color that are working in these positions in these institutions. I know because my son is at work right now at Walmart or at the Home Depot without a mask. Okay, they sold out a mask, but they wouldn't even allowing these individuals that work there to have masks. Or how about the county legislator, uh, Rachel Barnhart, who had to draft a letter and send it to Wegmans because they doing all these cleaning measures at Wegmans for people coming in. But they weren't even giving their people gloves or mask and frowned upon it if they uh, wore them. Uh, OK. And, and my neighbor works at, at the hospital and he's like, man, you know, we got a whole floor uh, uh, infected with the uh, coronavirus and again those are predominantly black and brown people and we're seeing them on the national news uh being the ones that are dying uh and and you know uh it's a shame that between the community that's being impacted uh adversely uh that are homeless or that are in impoverished neighborhoods we also have that that uh dynamic of individuals who are working in these institutions and they represent that same demographic and are being uh, not taken care of uh, the way they should be. 
You're absolutely right. The first death of, of the black man at RGH. You know, he was that 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 lower level cleaning uh, crew brought in without any understanding of what had transpired in the room previous to him cleaning it, which was the first or second COVID death of Monroe County was in that room previous to him cleaning it. So it doesn't take rocket science to understand that he was not only not given proper information, but he clearly wasn't given proper PPE to be able to not only contain, but to be able to make sure that he didn't contract anything while cleaning in that room. Gotcha. I mean, that, that, that in itself, you know, is, is showing that there are misalignments within these institutions. So you're, you're absolutely, you know, spot on on that. But I mean, for me, I guess when we start talking about, and I guess somebody's got to bring it to it, start talking about, you know, M for A, Medicare for all, like, listen, Pete, the point you were driving is that <laughs> what do you do in a situation where there's inequity and imbalance in the medical system to where black and brown people are not able to get acceptable treatment the way that they should? You give everybody the same option. Uh, <laughs> You haven't even the playing field. I hear a ramping up I, I, on our second half. Yeah, I just wanted to throw it out. <laughs> Kyle is starting to shoot fire early. Yeah, well, you know, the, my, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing I think of is the fact that this stuff has been going on <clears throat> for such a long time, and people are, you know, they walk around, <clears throat> they walk around and ignore, you know, the uh, elephant in the room. Uh huh. And you know, if if you, we can have, we can legislate all type of different things but now enforcing that legislation you know implementing it evaluating it changing it that's where people who are involved drop the ball right okay? right medicare medicare for all would be great uh, uh, uh doing the other stuff which we, i guess we'll be talking about later uh would be great <laughs> but the thing is you know i could i could put it i could put it on paper but if the people beneath you know that that are uh, supposedly implementing this stuff. If they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, uh -huh. they have you know there has to be a situation where people are brought into a room and they're called out on the carpet. And when you don't do that, because they are quietly and institutionally looking out for themselves, we have to be able to say, look, enough is enough. All right, enough is enough. This is 2020. All right, we're still talking about a lot of things that we started talking about in 1960. Exactly. Okay, it does not make any sense. Now, the question is, money is driving all of this mess. Right. You know, hospitals are now being ran by corporations. When when a corporation started taking over uh, medical service and hospitals in Rochester, look what happened. St. Mary's basically uh, minimized. Uh, Genesee Hospital, gone. <laughs> Okay. Right. At one point, just before before leaving New York State, we basically had you know for me we had what in Rochester there was Trauma North, which was RGH, and Trauma South, which was Strong. Now you a person I hate to say it a person can suffer a gunshot wound seriously life threatening, be picked up by an ambulance at Norton and and, and Joseph, all right, mm -hmm. which is what a. Six blocks, eight blocks from RGH. Right. They will pick that person up at Norton and Joseph, and then transport them all the way across the city to Strong. And then they say, "Oh, well, that person was uh, unfortunately was dead on arrival." Yeah, because it took you twenty damn minutes to get them there. 
Right, right. Okay, when when RGH is right there was five blocks away. Mm. Okay, we all know it. We all know it. How seconds count and minutes count when you talk about traumatic injuries, gunshots, stabbings, people getting involved in serious car accidents or uh -huh. crazy accidents. Seconds count. If you can take that person to RGH and get them stabilized, or maybe even to the OR, then so be it. But no, we got corporations, you know, oh, no, they want that money coming in, coming in a strong and all the insurance. You know, these are the same people who are building <clears throat> insurance companies, uh, $18, $20, $25 for one aspirin. You know, and God forbid you need oxygen, that's $800. You know, it's ridiculous. It's all about money. And they are seeing people of color, people who have uh, no health insurance, they walk in the door, oh, man, we got to treat this person uh six thousand dollars worth of treatment or whatever ten thousand dollars and where we getting where's the money coming from right well so hey. that's how this is a mentality <laughs> this is a mentality okay who, who do you think they're going to treat the doctor who lives in pittsburgh or the homeless person that oh, who's oh, coming out of house we, of mercy well see now we you already know so mark see this is proving the point though that you know a capitalistic environment is not one that would be conducive for uh you know a, a, the medical realm but right. you also talked about young people so I wouldn't understand as much as I do now because my girlfriend works at RGH in the pediatric um, uh, ER. So a lot of what she's seeing happens to be people under the age of 19, 18 who come in with liver damage already there, chronic asthma, all types of underlying issues that we don't even believe young people even have, right? So I, 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 I guess I still haven't seen that story of like, the all-pro football player who died from COVID. Like, I haven't seen that story yet, and I've been, like, wondering, you know, who are the young people that are dying? Because in Germany, they have six-figure six numbers, right, for 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 their their tested positive cases, yet they're under 2,000 in the death rate. Uh -huh. So a lot of their initial numbers came from young people who were traveling to other places in Europe that brought it back home, right? But their, their numbers of young people didn't, didn't necessarily die. So again, my point also still goes back to the, the to the issue of what has capitalism done to our environment or our community as a whole, right? Like, I, you know, I keep going back to these things, underlying issues that are there that we probably don't even know about, that we haven't been treating, that we haven't discovered, that we have no idea about or aren't taking sufficient care of. And, and we're thinking that young people are just, you know, they, they look fine. They're walking around. They're young, healthy, agile people. And that's not necessarily the case. So. You know, Marv, you talked about the numbers of young people still being out, still being social. I don't personally see it on my end from like my, you know, view. But right. I know that it's still happening in places like Florida and stuff like that where it's not being taken seriously. And it should be because we're not having this like larger conversation about why people are dying from this. Well, I'm going to address uh, that right be. here. I'm going to hit you with it. So we are tuned in to Too Blue to Be Black, Too Black to Be Blue right here on My Tribe Radio Network, powered by Brass Radio 1. And I got, uh, like I said, the good lieutenant and Kyle Banks in, uh, in the house that we lost. Uh, Owen, his uh, signal went. So when he, uh, when he gets an opportunity to get in a stronger uh, place, he's going to call back and jump back in because we like that fourth party. Uh, but to, to answer uh, what you were bringing up, Kyle, uh, I'm going to throw out uh, two things here. First, this one article uh, that was written, uh, let's see here, it's, uh, it's about Massachusetts uh, 
um, uh, the, 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 their coronavirus uh, issues that's going on, and uh, it's in their local paper. I don't have the information of uh, the name right now, but uh, what it was saying here was that uh, you know, yeah, one person it was interviewing saying this is not about black and brown; it's about economic conditions and people living in highly dense areas. Okay, so this is a Dr. Joseph uh, Bantancourt, uh, the vice president and chief uh, equity and inclusion officer at Mass General. Okay, in other cities and states, similar disparities have been clear because public health departments include racial and ethnic information in daily updates charting the impact of the pandemic. Now, I talked with uh, my brother yesterday uh, who lives out in uh, Los Angeles, all right, and he's from Detroit, all right, and he's, uh, he's one of these younger uh, uh, individuals here. He's in that, uh, that, that mid to late 20s bracket, and uh, he's, he's saying to me, he says, look, man, I got friends on social media posting uh, at parties. They, you know, they're still doing this social thing, kind of like what we saw in the national news with uh, uh, during spring break when the kids were, were running around down there on the beaches and saying, hey, man, it's our generation. It's our decision. Uh, you know, if you're leaving it up to us, then let us deal with uh, uh, the, the um, virus the way we want to because it's our generation it's our decision right it's it's what's going to impact us and so i you know I, i'm saying between what you were talking about uh, we we see here in the paper that uh you know many many years ago um lee atwater broke it down in the same way we can't say black and brown we can't say uh nigger 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 all right because people it's too obvious so let's go abstract let's talk about it from like um uh, redlining. Let's talk about it like uh, health care. You know, we'll break things down socioeconomically so that people who are not versed or reading about this won't know and won't see the numbers where it's dis disproportionately impacting people of color. Okay, what it will do is just say, well, you know what? It's not about it's not about uh, black and brown. It's it's about social economics, right? Well, okay, get guess what? If the demographics of black and brown are predominantly on the low end of the social economic uh, uh, spectrum, okay, then they're going to be the ones that's most disproportionately impacted by this, like we see in the corrections facility. They're not really saying it's a black and brown issue in uh, Cook County. Uh, a correction facility they're saying oh the inmates but then when you look at the right. numbers the predominant numbers of the inmates are black and brown so yeah. you know that that's the thing and and again and we break that down even further and start going into uh age uh inside the inside the jail we'll start to see even more younger folk who are being incarcerated uh are, are also being adversely impacted by this well the thing is that you know i I'm a little bit torn about the, you know, the situations, you know, talk about Rikers Island and Cook County Correctional and L.A. and all these places where there's a high number of inmates, which means it's a high number of people of color as inmates. You know, I'm all for the person who got a, a six months for, for petty larceny because they stole two loaves of bread being let out of the facility in their last they only got two months to go or whatever okay you can you can release them all right but right. you know you have people in there you know burglars robbers and stuff like that they're not going to be getting they're not going to be getting released they're not going to be getting out what happened is what happens is now that you have to i would think that you have to identify people who are you know uh, affected by the virus and they have to be isolated 
from the rest of the uh, inmate population. Okay, we, a lot of people think, oh wow, a lot of folks are going to be able to get out of jail because they're going to have to let people out so that the uh, inmates don't get infected. Well, you know that's not going to happen. You know, and to a point, I agree with that. Low-level offenders, people who got a you know a bail of five thousand dollars for for a misdemeanor that was non-violent, that type of stuff. Uh-huh. You know, you can you can you can make changes with them. You can release them on their own recognizance. You can do a lot of different things. You know, uh, because they reoffend and get arrested again. Well, they're going to be going in again. Okay, it's just that we're we're stuck. We are stuck over a barrel with this virus because it is hitting all demographics is hitting all social levels the problem we're having is the response to for for identification and treatment right you know what it would be easy if we could say well we're going to test everybody in america you know and you got the person who's in the white house i'm not you know i'm not hold on mentioning his name you know oh we don't we don't want to test 320 million people well what's it to you Right, and again, it's gonna it's gonna screw up your numbers. This is not a game. This is not a TV show. This is not uh, Apprentice Medical. Okay, this is human lives. And right now, I'm looking at the scoreboard. Uh huh. Seven over almost eighteen thousand people dead in the United States and counting. Four hundred seventy-eight thousand known cases. How many cases are out there? People basically got they 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 got the, the symptoms. They they don't know if they had it or not. It could have been a cold. Right. And some folks powered right through it for 10 days. Okay. They're not even being counted because they could not afford to leave their job. Marv, did you even mention the fact that, you know, we had inmates released locally? Oh, yeah. Did I mean, I was I was just getting ready yeah, to, to, I, I to think, go to yeah, that next that. point. Yeah. 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 I think I read that, that some, some inmates in Monroe County were released. And, and, you know, like I said, they're low level. You know, people in you know people in jail for for uh, uh, they got to go to trial on a violation. Right. Really, they don't spent three mo- they don't spent two months in jail to, to go to trial on something that they can only get no more than fifteen days for. That's ridiculous. We all know I'm somebody some somebody charged with murder is not going to get out whether they're infected or not. You know what I'm saying? Right, so. right, right, right. I'm I'm just going to throw it out there. I bought a shotgun two weeks before the store shut shut down uh-huh. because. I don't, you know, I was never a person that saw myself needing to ever do that, but I felt like with the way things were going, with the fact that we don't know any or have any type of idea of an end date, and then you, you also factor in the amount of sales for guns that were happening to to the point that local stores were running out of them, and it's like, damn, my hand, my hand was forced in that situation. I okay, my know. question, my question to you is why? Why did you feel you needed to buy a firearm? Because I'm because I'm not going to be the one without. Uh, that, uh, because when we, if we ever get to a point where this goes beyond a certain point in time, and people are trying to get their unemployment payments, and and those payments stop coming in, and our lack of leadership causes the states, cities, and towns to fold inward, what does that mean? I, I, yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean for all of us? I mean, that's the you know, I'm I'm thinking that way, but when I when I thought that way, I'm like, man, I must be tripping. Then I saw an article that said, oh, the sales. All these stores locally are running out. Oh, I'm not the only one tripping. So well, certainly <laughs> I'm not. The people, the problem is Survival. that there are people, there are people who are itching to find a reason. There are people who go out and buy, would, would buy a gun anyway. What are they expecting? A civil war? They expect a whole bunch of people to now come running through their neighborhood or into their houses trying to uh, 
forage for supplies. <laughs> uh, I don't understand ask. it. Yeah, you, you well, well, you know what the problem is. The, the problem is Kyle with, with what's yeah, going on. We it with what's up. going on? With what's going on with the people who are in Washington stoking this type of uh, a mindset? Right? These are the same people: the white supremacists, the neo Nazis, the Klan, that type of mess. They're saying to themselves, "Oh, you know what? There's going to be a whole bunch of them folks, you know, from the inner city, maybe even South Central, who don't get tests and." Los Angeles are going to come running into Malibu and Beverly Hills and, 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 and in those areas, you know, to, to rob, rape, and pillage. That type of crazy, crazy mess. Look at that uh, uh, state assemblyman in Georgia who went out and was, uh, went on, you know, he put out on YouTube a video of him shooting a semi-automatic rifle because he was preparing for the hordes of people from Atlanta. <laughs> them, dudes, them, them dudes are in magic them dudes are in magic city at the club going hey what's he talking about you know he's there and they're making it rain and stuff you know i'm that, talking that, about going that, down that, that magic city money to run out real fast okay but it's always been when i talk to republicans or i talk to trump supporters i always say you know one thing to them because i don't want to go back and forth with them i always tell them one thing i said you know if you don't if you don't learn the importance of investing in areas that don't have equal investment to yours, then you had better be prepared to always walk to your car wondering what's happening behind your back. Mm. Because that's the reality of the society. And I know if I was put in that situation and I had to take care of my family, I'm going to do what I have to do too. I don't care. But when, when all the systems shut down and the don't haves won't have, and no one's looking out for everybody, this is what it, this is what it turns into. Period. It, it's, it, 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 this is the perfect kind of like concoction being form formulated for, for for everything to go wrong if, if our leadership continues on this this crazy path of being completely moronic you know what i'm saying so i saw that as a point in time where yeah i may i may consider myself a liberal but i'm not too liberal to do what i have to do so i'm going to <laughs> are you expecting he ain't no punk <laughs> are, yeah, are you expecting some part, some type of civil discourse you know, now that's I'm, interesting. I'm not, I'm not hoping for it. I mean, does anybody, I mean, yeah, you're going to say. Yes. Are you expecting it? But I'm, I'm not saying you're I'm hoping not, for it. Are you expecting <laughs> it? I'm, I'm hoping that it never comes to that, but I would always love to be prepared for anything. Hey, so There's now. no signs of that. Well, no hey, signs for that. you know what? I, I have to say uh, BS because I had two calls here in the last couple of days. Again, I talked to my brother out, out west and, and uh, you know, ah. purchasing a handgun out that way. Uh, uh, um, I had somebody else locally uh, call and say, hey, look, I need some info on on uh, type of shotgun I should get. So I said, well, wait a minute. Oh what 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 social, <laughs> uh, what social media are y'all on? Because am I missing oh, something that is being taught? So I say that to say, Pierre, that the Kyle, he, he's hitting something here that, you know, was kind of triggered back when we had uh, the the Dylan Ruth shooting up in uh, the church down in Carolina, and 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 it, on those different uh, uh, um, white supremacist groups, you know, they were talking about creating this war, and so now you have uh, this fear uh, being driven where people running out buying up all the toilet paper, and at the same time the toilet paper running out, the ammo man was running out of ammunition because people were running to the the, the gun store, so. I can't say that we can and totally that. dismiss and that. About it. Yeah, and, and, yeah. But I also say, you know, this, that's one way of looking at it. But think about living in New York City, where over 300 of, of your finest 
have tested positive and are, are, are not going to be working for two to three weeks. And we don't know how many more tested like that. Survival. I mean, I know they have 30K in their entire unit. Yeah, about, yeah I was about I'm ready just, to say, they got, they got no, no, nothing I, I, to cover. I, I, I know, but I'm just saying, you know, if you took it to out, outside outside of those different counties, right? Because you still have large counties outside of that that got hit pretty hard. We, we know that. Uh-huh. Where the numbers aren't 30K, right? That destabilizing your unit is, is you can't afford to do that right now and then you have people being forced to stay inside you got all types of things happening it is a brewing i mean in our situation in rochester is not that crazy yeah i just would love to be prepared just in case this thing went into the next level that we're hoping it doesn't go into yeah. stores are already closed and i don't have a way of going back in time but if i live somewhere closer to new york city where I had to live in a little bit more panic over what was going on and I had to worry about the people that were supposed to be protecting me being on those front lines, I might be a little more scared in those situations and feel like, uh, but you two are also retired police officers, so I know both of you have something at home. So, (laughs) can you imagine yourself not having something right now? No, I couldn't. Would you be okay? I couldn't. Uh, To be honest with you, if, if I was living in a situation where I didn't have anything, you know, uh, I would not have gone. I don't think right now running out and going down to a store to go buy a weapon would be a priority. I think the more more priority is making sure that the stuff that was that was necessary or needed in the home is there. You know, before I go out and spend three hundred dollars on a on a Remington eight seventy and they're going with a plug for Remington. Uh, <laughs> it was eleven hundred, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I know you didn't spend no eleven hundred dollars for no shotgun. No, no, it was a Remington eleven hundred. He's he, oh, okay. he, he right. breaking on the model right. on you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm saying to myself, you know, I don't think I would thing. go out and spend that type of money for a firearm because I'm into some type of hysteria. Not saying that you are, but I'm just saying that I think that people are, you know, just like the folks running out. You know, you saw the video of the of the, the woman who loaded up a pickup truck with toilet paper. Right, yeah, right, right. And, the and paper down. towels, and you know, people are you know, it's all type of stuff. You go in the, I mean, even places, someplace like Walmart, who you who you would expect to have a significant supply chain. You know, I haven't saw toilet paper or paper towels on a shelf in at Walmart in almost two damn weeks uh-huh. because people were hoarding stuff, thinking that uh, this was going to be Armageddon. Well, you know, I think people it... weren't people weren't even getting the correct information what was going on and what we need to do to protect ourselves medically before they they thought this virus was going to wipe out the United States. Well, I mean, look at it. You know, it, it, here comes that whole uh, theory again, which came first, the chicken or the egg, right? So is it the hysteria uh, or is it the, the, the void that this virus could create that is creating hysteria? So, I mean, here people made that run. They went to the toilet paper, and when the toilet paper started to run out, it created more panic. Because then what happened? They started running to the stores, getting the meat. Then it went from the meat to, I mean, uh, the vegetables, and then it went to the fruit. I mean, I, I can't even go into the health food store and get my uh, extracts and, and herbs that I was getting before this thing jumped off. Because people are doing their homework, and they're, they're looking at what addresses the immune system. And they're buying this stuff up. Who's Look, at that. Look at that. People so, are learning. I mean, yeah, people are learning. My daughter, you know, she works at, at Wegmans. She's in the in the aisle and she sees 
a, a lady buys some stuff that that my wife and I have been buying for years, right? And, and more so, the wife been buying it longer than I have. I got turned on it uh, by her, but the lady got it. The daughter sees it. She goes, "Oh yeah, my mom been getting that for years. It addresses this, this, and this." That lady got out of line and went and got more of it. And the lady behind her followed her, and they came back to the register. With so I'm just saying, you know, uh, you know, when we start talking about you know ammunition and, and and weaponry to protect ourselves or to think about it, people are now starting to look at survival in a whole different perspective, and they're looking at, okay, I know what's running out now. What's the next thing that's possibly to run out? Let me go out and start getting that now. It's it's hysteria. It's hysteria due to lack of knowledge and lack of information they believe that now they're hoarding because there's going to be some type of civil war going on because the haves and the have-nots are going to be running at each other out in the streets of new york city or boston or whatever and it's just plain ridiculous you know i, I do think there's a sitting, difference between preparation and hysteria hello. preparation yeah prep, but what are you preparing for well, the correctional facilities didn't prepare. Uh, look in New York State. Governor looks like presidential compared to the actual president because he sat down and started talking about things in a in a in a systematic way, planning and and for, and uh, you know foreshadowing, uh, looking at things uh, not only in retrospect of what direction this thing might go because of what's what's happening with the numbers in the hospital but then starting to look at all right let's start making more places into makeshift hospitals so we can take the overflow then let's start doing things with the mortuaries you know what i'm saying he started doing this stuff and then all of a sudden you start seeing uh agent orange started to, to talk about doing that on a federal level all right he was talking about uh the governor was talking about uh you know the bidding wars that were going on between the states and the federal government why don't the federal government take the lead on this and then we don't have to worry about bidding and outbidding one another what happened the federal so i just think that you know it comes down we started stealing people's packages yeah right stealing canada's orders we started stealing germany's orders from uh, from 3m so that they can't get their 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 equipment i mean i i guess this is as fine as any time to probably dive into what we were going to dive (laughs) they weren't even waiting for the stuff to get to the house you had the actual workers at Amazon going into packages, stealing stuff before it left the factory. Because again, survival is is everybody's natural instinct. And when people start to look and see things uh, happening around them, you know, it's like we, that joke we used to say, you know, uh, when, when one black person run, all of us start running. We don't even know why. We just ran because the other person ran. It's a natural instinct that whatever they running from is threatening them could possibly threaten me. Let me go. And, and, and partially, yeah, but you know, P, like you saying, like, well, what's the thought process? I, I'll just say my thought process was, what if he, what if he's wrong? He's been wrong the entire time. So having everything back up by April and already understanding the type of hit that we've taken, like, yeah, these these uninsured numbers are horrible. These unemployment numbers are horrible. But that is just the beginning. Just like, beginning. These aren't even just numbers because I'm literally talking to people who are losing their jobs. I'm talking to people who whose businesses are closing up like it is a reality that is permeating into like now so if the number is is wrong which he wants to he wants to have things back up by like end of this month or something like that if he's horribly wrong and things worsen right this is another five six seven months that Mm -hmm. people were not prepared for and if people don't have access to certain things 
and desperation starts to set in because people are making one third of what they used to make and have built like things just happen like people are put in situations they never thought they wanted to ever be in so like yeah that does cause hysteria because they haven't been given enough uh comfort to understand that things will be okay they've only seen like things being taken away from them and and, and t taken away from like their economy left and right so what reassurance do people have right now to not kind of be hysterical? We don't. We, we well, if you think about it, we don't, because you you made the point that we don't. Well, the problem is, is that, you know, hysteria, if it's based upon knowledge or the lack thereof or information, that is a situation that we can we can sort of control. People can get information about what's going on. People can see that, hey, we need to do social distancing. We need to stay home. This is just, this is a, this is a thing where, you know, this is highly inconvenient and very bad for some people, but it may only last a certain amount of time until we can get control of this pandemic and then flatten this curve and do what these other countries are doing. It can be done here, but it's going to be kind of hard to be done here when you get a whole bunch of knuckleheads partying <laughs> on the beach down in florida but right, it's, gonna be, it's also it's also hard to do when, we, when people in different countries are writing reports saying that we only have a percentage of numbers that we're really factually working with right so right that could, that could present that could present its own issue in, in, there in is going to be there is going to be a whole bunch of uh, uh after reports and committees and discussions on what has occurred with this virus because this is something in modern day history we haven't dealt with to this extent and with the amounts of economy and money and all of that other stuff involved trump wants to get the country back up and running because it's the economy the companies <laughs> the corporations the people he's in bed with are losing money big time you know people have had their investments wiped out all of this type of stuff and you know they're looking at him and he's trying to get it regardless of how many people that it may kill all right. right. So now we're, we're talking about numbers. Numbers are always fudged. Numbers are always skewed. Numbers are always played with. All right. But we have to have people on board. All right. We got people talking about, like I think you said earlier, you know, somebody said that this is their generation and, you know, they want to go and party and, you know, they want to be able to do it themselves because it's their generation. Well, if it was just something that harmed uh, people between the ages of 18 and 23, and they wanted to do it, then all right, knock yourself out, all right? But this is a situation of a virus that does not know age, social status, economy, all right? right? We've seen that, all right? We have to have everybody on board. People are not on board when you have them partying down in Florida and the governor's like, oh, well, uh, uh, uh. And then the, uh, you got people partying at Mardi Gras, okay? And now, people, now Louisiana governor and the mayor of New Orleans, all these people are like, oh, well, we're seeing an explosion of cases. And uh, uh, duh, what do you think was going to happen? Right. <laughs> no, you know? absolutely, absolutely right. I think that, that you're absolutely right. People, there was a lot of recklessness that, that happened. I mean, that, that's a lot of what happened in a lot of these European company, company, uh -huh. com, uh, countries is you have younger sure. people that were traveling back home. And that's how a lot of it spread the way it did. I mean. Yeah. We can go through a lot of inconsistencies and issues with this that we right. all know are there. Right. But I guess my question is this. 
what the hell is Biden going to do about it? Because y'all tripping. All right, and, so uh, look at that segue. Look at Kyle, you are on point, man. I'm going to say this. You are tuned in to is, Two Blue Be Black, Two Black to Be Blue right here on My okay. Tribe Radio Network, powered by Brass Radio 1. The segue is Bernie suspended his campaign, and now Biden is the front runner. And before we lose <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> before we lose Kyle, because I know Kyle has been waiting weeks to get back in at P. So I'm going to unleash y'all. Kyle, you want to fire it up, man? You you got some Bernie burns to get off your shoulders? Go for it, man. Listen, so my my, my main <laughs> thing is is this. Like, literally, I'm talking about a guy with amazing consistency has kept the same platform his entire career. And the, the, the entire platform has built, been built around the working class when nobody else was. So I don't really understand the, the amount of faith that we have in Biden. Like I said, I'm going to vote down the party line. I get it. I understand it. But I have yet to be given some type of contractual agreement that has been signed by Biden saying that he's going to look out for everybody just because he's doing this. This is another moderate. And we, we the beginning of this phone call was started out with Pete and Marv. You both talked about the fact that this, this country and what, what black communities have gone through in this country over the last generation has been cyclical in nature without any type of real movement for our community. And a lot of that has been based on the fact that we've been going through these moderate Democrats, which if you ask me, it's another way of saying closeted racist. And we have been like literally funneling these people back into the system, giving them everything, saying they're gonna do it for us, trust us this time. And it has never really turned in or manifested into anything large scale for us. So I what I really want to understand is, aside from all the other things, only based on Biden, why is there so much trust in just Biden alone? I don't want to hear about Obama. I don't want to hear about anybody else other than what Biden has to offer. Like, how are you, how are you both so convinced? I just want to understand that. <laughs> well, okay. My, my, my. So impassioned. I love it. I love it. Hey, look. I was Elizabeth, and I'm still all about Elizabeth Warren, um, delegate. And so for me, I understand the working party uh, and the working uh, person's issues. Uh, those issues are impactful of people of color because they go right down the line. We talk about health care. That's the top thing. This coronavirus has made health care a number one thing. Okay, we talk about the environment. Some people will sit here and say, hey, you know what? This is our uh, nature coming back at us because we have uh, disregarded uh, the surrounding signs of global warming and other things of that nature. I mean, look at even L.A. just had a, a recent. But Biden, but Biden was not anybody for climate control. But and, what I'm just saying, though, Warren aligned more with Bernie than she did with Biden. Well, maybe it's still the way around. Maybe uh, Bernie was aligning with Elizabeth. Maybe that was it. Both the platforms were, were really, like I said, Bernie is awesome to me because he stands for a different type of America. 
where the working class finally get what they need. But again, and Bernie, he, he put things out there, but he really didn't give anything that was substantial. It wasn't tangible. Way about how it was going to happen. Right. And, uh, and that was, like you know, true, don't put a pipe dream like, out there if you don't know exactly how you're going to pull it off. I mean, at least with Elizabeth. But he, but he, but he, but he said it, Marlon. I think that's the one thing that, that he doesn't get credited with. These things have been stated. But what put about Biden? Put a 10% fee on 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 speculation so right now the, the volatility of our market is based on the fact that it's so volatile right anything happens even speculation it moves that means nothing actually happened just speculation like bad news like somebody said something bad today okay the market moved so what he's saying is to, to stabilize that market you put a 10 percent tax on the speculation that speculation has been moving and the reason it's moving like that is because people are making money on the stock options and not the stocks themselves the problem is that <clears throat> I think it's going to be very difficult to implement a, a tax on speculation, right? And in order to, to implement that type of legislation, you're going to have to get partisan support, and it's not going to happen. The Republicans are not going to, to uh, deal with that. That's the problem. The, the situation with the Republicans and the Democrats going back and forth in a in a partisan manner, right? you know, it's, it's either our side or no side. We got the Republicans acting crazy. We got the Democrats trying to fend them off. You know, then you got this idiot who's in the, in Washington in the middle. Okay, we're in a we're in a troubled time. You know, a lot of stuff that I think that I heard coming from you know Bernie's side is, you know, I'm not gonna call it wishful thinking, but you know, it's like we're, how is this stuff gonna be paid for? Are we going to be taxing a lot more than just speculation? Well, the, yeah. How, how, yeah, well, yeah, you're right. Well, how, how, are we going to how, pay? Else, how else? Yeah, it, 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 cutting cutting the fence down because we don't need to have armies in other places. This is the same president that said we're not going to be the country that's in everybody else's business. We're going to mind our own business. The opposite has happened. The reason that this is happening is not because there's actual war out there. We all know this on this phone call. There is no actual war happening right now. Not yet. We just have troops in places based on the fact that the defense economy is its own economy now. It's a trillion dollar industry that can't afford to just be some timing. It needs to be a constant, like, revolving feature in our world. And it can't be that without constant war. Well, but, remember but, but, now, military military presence is a deterrence. Military okay, presence so... is a deterrence, but, but we've made an entire economy <clears throat> out of it where... You can get mutual funds based on defense contracting. Okay, so like oh well, yeah, Grumman and all these Raytheon and all these okay, other companies the are making mil billions. They're making billions. The same thing. You cut back. You roll some of that unnecessary money. But you our country has always done well in times of war. You but know, whose expense? That's my only thing because it, we're we're still talking about the guy that wanted to cut SSI and wanted yeah. to cut Medicare in order to get these things done. You 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 have to be sure about these things before we bring somebody in just because we 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 know he came in with obama if he didn't come in with obama would he no, still be the same red carpet no i don't know no, no, i red carpet from he didn't he didn't joe biden did not quote unquote come in with obama joe biden was a you know he was a, a u.s senator all right who was already a renowned u.s senator he had been a u.s senator for renowned? a long time yeah renowned no, yes no. sir yeah, no, yo, Kyle, he, he, he had, he well, had a presidential eh, eh. run that ended because he, he, he got caught in his lies. I mean, he was successful at being able to work with the Republican Party to create bi bi uh, bipartisanship, but he which was is necessary. Far, 
but he was known as being far more ruthless. Mm. You know that he was on the ticket to help Obama because they needed somebody there that was going to be white, ruthless, and have. So, uh, Kyle, help me understand he, something. He's you got Republican. No, but no, Biden, no, but Biden no. has Biden has garnered the support of um, uh, uh, John Lewis. He's got the support, which really uh, was the turning point down in in, in the Carolinas, right? Um, Clyburn with, with well, saying, walk, uh, yeah, with Clyburn. So, right? and now you just had recently, uh, you know, uh, Kamala, you know, who's out out oh, west. Those, those are those are great points. How does that happen if he's not the most successful guy? Is what you're going to ask, and that's and that's a tremendous question. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but but I also want you guys to understand this. From the very beginning, when when he was win when Bernie Sanders was winning primaries, they weren't being reported. All of a sudden, there were electronical issues. There were all kinds of things that were happening. Oh, here we go. Shit. Here we go. No, no, but this is but this is factual, and the reports were not being given on things that he actually won. He wasn't being given the, the due credit. Biden was being called on things before anything ever happened. So there was, in an essence, some type of like blackballing that was occurring from the very beginning. This is not like. Wow, here comes a put on your tinfoil hat. No, this is stuff that you can really like. It, you can read the reports on this. People are saying, why is this only happening when it has to do with Sanders at this immediate moment? Right. So everybody aligned against him. That's fine. I understand that that point of reference. But if we look at before what was happening, a lot of these people that were endorsing him, they had a lot of crazy things to say about Biden and not necessarily anything bad to say. A lot of them were fans of, of Bernie. I think a, a lot of this party understands that we need to put our, our, our energy into one hat and because he already has the delegates and because he's already a part of this system that's already been moving that we're used to being infiltrated by let's we're going to establish it the right way and just move forward with it the dnc wants this man to be the frontliner and they're moving at all costs to do that but okay when we say the dnc wants that what does that mean just understand and acknowledge that what that means is you are still going to have the same store-bought politics at the end of the day, and you can't convince yourself otherwise. You still have super PACs, you still have companies, large big business involvement. So a lot of what's happening is not going to be based around the working class. And that's it my would only have, No, hold on. It would not. It would. It would not have ended with a Bernie Sanders presidency. The super PACs, the super delegates, a lot of stuff that's going on with the DNC. Bernie Sanders is a, a member of the. He's an independent. All right. Riding the coattails of the Democratic Party. Now, he was promising things that appealed to a particular demographic. They identified mm -hmm. that they identified the demographic. Right. I know for a fact that I probably would have got a few points if I ran for president eight months ago, nine months ago, promising uh, 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 student debt forgiveness. Which is you, going to take got, legislation. But, but, but okay. this is ridiculous to say that that student debt is crazy. But two million, two trillion dollars came out of nowhere. You know, Marv, you're talking about reparations, and 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 Biden has said nothing about it, right? Yeah, Whereas, okay, where, right. But, but but my point is this: this money and these things and these opportunities they appear overnight. So acting as though you can't dig in Mama's purse to get some money, like we can't sit here and do that. Like, where's this money coming from? The money's already on the table, and there's ways to actually curb and bring that money. Oh, back I never said table. I, I never said I never said that. Student debt forgiveness was, is a bad thing. I never said Medicare for all is a bad but thing. But you're saying, I never, where's I, the money coming from? I, right. We, I, well, I never said universal health care is a bad thing. I know, there's, mo thing. I know there's money there. I know money is yeah. there. What I'm saying is that you are not going to get bipartisan agreement 
to do those things because Republicans are going to see it as a crazy socialist attack and they are going to uh, circle the wagons and come out blazing. And you're not going to so get you guys are. But, but to understand by saying that and not challenging that bipartisanship to work for the working class, you both are going along with generations of what we previously had in saying that. So let me because let me defend my position then because bipartisanship so that it works better for us. So I'm going to defend my position. I'm looking at an article that was written in Boston, okay, and it's saying here that Biden has uh, credited his early years in Delaware politics as formative, okay, particularly in the community known as the Bucket, all right? He worked in there uh, doing things with housing projects, crime, drugs, violence. Uh, he was accountable to the black community. He was a part of this community as a council person uh, doing work in uh, what is, again, uh, it was the heart and soul of the African-American community during that period in, in Northeast Wilmington. I don't see that same uh, history from uh, um, Bernie. So even though Bernie has courted the young African-American uh, uh, community, uh, he, he does not have the same track record. The only thing he can bring up nope. is the one part where he argued about the law and order, which, again, started on the Reagan's uh, reign, okay, uh, with the uh, but, but, with the Coke Wars. What does is, what, is, what is what you just brought up actually mean? I didn't. I, I what it what means is that is a track that. record. It's, See, this is the thing that I have no, but, but an issue with with the young the young folk in our community. You're not saying anything that was actually done. You're saying that he he helped to spur investment. How? Tell me what he did. Because okay. we talk about the things that Biden did. And so those, those things seem pretty. But did you bring up the other thing? So what I'm looking at here is uh, we're talking about since 1972, he has remained a fixture in the black community, a regular at the annual NAACP dinner and, and commencement speaking, so talking so about the things that he has done things. in the community. When you put legislature Cheryl, out there. Cheryl Denoflo goes to ABC dinners and luncheons. What does that mean? Yeah, but she black? hasn't put anything out there as far as legislative work okay, that has right. helped Biden, the community. Biden did put something out there. It's called the crime bill, right? When he was referring to black people as them and they and didn't care about investment in communities. No. Exact words went what, along the line. When right? we look back at that crime, crime bill, when we look back at that crime bill, he was no, no, being accountable. Biden, you got to tell the whole truth. He was being accountable to the black community who was saying, we need something to address the, the violence and crime in our community. So we asked, and that's why I would say black people, we got to be specific in what we asked for we asked for yeah, something right. in general and then when we get more than what we asked for then we want to turn around and, and put the the, the uh, onus back on somebody well biden did it if biden was uh, responding to the black community's request to stop the violence that was going on in the community the black community's request it was also the republicans who wanted them to be stricter on on, on the uh, crime and enforcement which and started the, under reagan he, so he saw he saw an opportunity to merge both into one thing. And the, the wording in his language when he discussed exactly why that bill should be passed refers to black people as them and they, number one. Number two, it doesn't talk about understanding the, the true issues within a community having to do with lack of investment or anything like that at all. He said, I don't want to hear any of that. I don't care about it. So this th that type of moderate language is exactly what led to Hillary Clinton talking about super beast, okay? And 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 bring them to heal. Though that kind of language when where you think that these people are fighting for you but behind closed doors they're still talking about you like monsters, right? 
like so how do you address that tone to all those conversations because how? he's not talking about real investment that article you said talks about investment but, but how do you address that how do you address that right how because you you brought up you brought up a yeah, you brought up a valid issue we have a lot of uh politicians in office and running for office that will run to the black churches and and ask for the support they will run to these chicken dinners and barbecues and and other uh, community functions and ask for the support they'll get in there saying i'm gonna try i'm gonna try i'm gonna try it like bernie and then when they get in there and they can't produce then all of a sudden now we're saying well you know maybe we'll we'll attach our our uh horse to another buggy and hope for it how about when we get people like uh, uh kamala okay or we get people like uh um, like booker like booker or you get uh you stacy abrams the ones to press but they got to be the ones to press these are the ones that we have faith in that need to be out here pressing people wholeheartedly about that you guys want to make it seem like because I'm a millennial and I'm bringing up Bernie as if I have nothing but idealism in my mind. No, I'm just tired of also seeing the way things have been. The, the, the older generation has had its time and, and made its measures in terms of how it voted. So to want change, we're all in alignment of that. But I, I feel like it's a little wild to assume that like because I'm young and because I think what Bernie's saying is, is amazing, I also need to think, wow, let's think about possibility and tone it down a notch. You can literally drive an hour and go over into Canada and see everything happening that we're talking about right now. This stuff is not far-fetched. In Canada, they don't even think about government. Yeah. Do you know how much we have to think about it here? Right, like, but again, you're talking about a country that uses our military for their defense. Right. You talk about you talk about I mean, I got friends that live over there and they want to get access to our direct TV because they don't have the satellite. So I'm saying that the grass is always green on the other side. There are things that they haven't been able to produce because of other uh, idealistic things they're doing. I agree with you about the health care. I agree with you about, uh, you know, um, the environment. And, and, but but my, what I want. thing has always been how can we take it seriously that what this guy's saying is true. He's known no, lying. I'm He's saying that you got to convince when I knocked on those doors last year running for County Ledge, there were folk out here who said they were Democrat that were voting Trump. Because he was able to get them to uh, see from his position, his narrative. And I'm just saying to you that you have a lot of folk yeah, yeah. that are not looking at Bernie and saying that they can truly see how he can produce that. So when they have lack of trust in what he's saying, then they go to the other side. So you put the person best able to garner the most support in a position. Is Biden the I most perfect? But I, but I do feel Biden's like not the most perfect, I but again, he is the I, most electable. I, but, but here's my thing. And I think there's been a lot of gaslighting about what Americans should feel is a priority for them. I feel like we are a country that is used to abuse from a government to the point that we don't know what real love feels like. Like, well, our young folk don't like to look at history and learn from it. That's but that, that's well, my yeah, hang up with people, the young people folk. People are still talking. To, so people are talking about like middle class and and, and, and people who make up don't make up a, a, a lot of money at all and are low, lower class in terms of their amount that they bring in. They're against socialism and 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 i think a lot of it is again you talk about education i think you're absolutely right yes but but when we when we get beyond that and, and we really start to think about biden as a candidate i'm really worried because you can say what you want about trump but he's a con artist right so like 
there's an art to what he does because he did take a presidency and we shouldn't normalize that or make it sound like anything other than what we know it is. We yeah, but he was the morning after completely shocked because we thought Hillary would have it in the bag. But I, 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 I wait, hold on. Who, see, who, I, I don't. Who's the, con, I, who's the con artist? Trump. Oh, I thought he thought. Oh, I thought he said Biden. I'm yeah, but but well, I, I'm hearing what he's he saying. The, th- the third uh, ear for the third ear for me is saying that this Trump was the hood ornament for racism. Okay. And the fact that he was too stupid to realize that he was being used is that he's con artisting people because he got into position to offset what people said wasn't going to happen. And that he was going to occupy the house that Obama occupied. And then when he got in there, his whole axe to grind was to get rid of everything that Obama had done because Obama embarrassed him at that correspondence dinner. And, and Trump don't like to look bad in front of anybody. So his 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 whole push to do what he wanted to do, he's doing that. And the Republicans and the other folk that are working other things behind the scenes, the other motives that they have, they're like, look, let Trump run and do his thing and let him think he's all that. In the meantime, we're going to go over here. We're going to get all these justices in place so that they'll do our bidding. We're going to go over here and we're going to get all of our uh, 1% of, of uh, uh, corporate taken care of. And, and so I'm just saying to you that Biden although may not be the most perfect of candidates he is somebody who is willing to listen and to work with the black community and if we become more in line with one studying our history understanding what we've already done and then moving forward from that so you know we talk about education bringing the educational piece up to speed wherein we talk about history and all those contributions of people of color that did uh to create this country to, to make it what it is uh socially economically okay we need to bring that up not just for our kids but for our white brothers and sisters who live next to us so that they would then start looking at us differently through the healthcare system, through the criminal justice system, all right, through the educational system. These all are building blocks that have to interlock. They can't be a one thing. We as people of color are not monolithic. We have to deal with more than one facet of an issue. I, I, I completely agree, but it, it, it's going to be dependent upon his VP. And, and I've, I've watched all the videos of Biden out. I watch what he says. I look at what he's talking about. So who do you want? Mess. I see. Who do I want? I want a black woman. I, I really do, because I want somebody who's going to have a black agenda with them when they go in there. We need accountability. Because which we don't have it. And we typically don't. Which but one do you think is most in line? Who do you think is most in line? Because we got a few out there. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I like Stacy. Nice. Stacey Abrams is really good. I mean, yeah, okay, I, I knew that was going to kick doing, in. I think she's going to. But 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 you still have to worry about him being able to to literally carry on a debate right now. And I, I okay. feel like you guys are downplaying that. And I'm hold Kyle, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, not at all. I, I, let me jump. Let me jump in here. OK, I'm the please, I, I guess being the Biden, the Biden supporter. Let me jump in here real quick. <laughs> You know, I, I listen for the last five, six minutes. No, you know, I agree. You know, I, I respect everybody's opinion and their side. But, you know, there we go. folks now, folks running back and it's about, oh, you know, I, I don't I'm, I'm worried about Biden being in a debate. And, and I do not have any problems. I don't have any concern about Biden debating Trump on the issues. I do not. Plain and simple. End of story. That's you, but he's got. The yeah, no, I'm just saying. You're right. You're right. But but the thing is, you should be worried about it. He has dementia. That's that's not true. 
He no, he does. no, he doesn't. <laughs> this is this is a this is a Bernie bro ethic <laughs> that is no. out there now. Yes, it is. is. Dementia. Yes, it is. Now, now all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, oh god. So I, I'm watching. I'm watching more. I'm watching more than you are, Kyle. Trust me. I'm watching you. You are a person who are going to work. You are going to work every day, doing the stuff you're doing, being a millennial. Going out, you know, the happy hour and, and drinking them damn clues and stuff. I'm the one who's sitting back watching stuff. Oh, Lord. I don't. <laughs> okay. Don't even go there. Now, yo, Mar, now all of a sudden, now, yeah, you know what the problem is? The problem is now all of a sudden that Bernie has tossed in the towel, right? And the, Bernie, and the people who are supporting him, you know, are now seeing that Bernie will not be the nominee. Now, here comes the attacks. Which is fine. Wait, this is Mark, fine. Has, has my has, has my thought process about his ability to contend changed since Bernie? Like since Bernie's been out, I've, I've been saying this for, for literally months. Marv knows this. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reason I say it is because literally, my mom died in November, and she had crazy dementia before she died, and it <clears throat> it is part of the reason why she passed the way she did. So I wouldn't know how to look at certain things unless I did it that way. Because I see those same kind of signals when she talks that worry me. Because he's getting lost in his conversation. His wife is stepping in and, and handling interviews with him now. Like, like she's a handler for this guy. Now, I'm not worried about Biden. What I'm telling you is you need to make sure that you don't underestimate who he's going up against. But and Bernie, say, Bernie is the mental giant. Say, oh, Bernie's no. the mental giant, right? Bernie is the mental giant. See, uh, Trump, you, you, Trump is the mental giant. Come on. Wait, who, who is, who is <laughs> Trump actually scared of the debate? Who? Oh. He, to he, me, who, who is he? He's literally caught on audio recording at an event talking about his fear of going up against Bernie. Oh, who said oh, that? Boy. This is who literally a video. Trump. Trump. Uh, okay, you I don't doubt that. So, I don't look. So, so, I, Trump knows. Trump knows he's place. gonna. Trump knows that if he goes, if, if Trump knows that if Bernie was the nominee, most likely Bernie is not gonna get the broad support to beat him. All right, he's but, 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 he, 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 he's just talking. He's running off at the mouth. Because I'm young, we're not gonna be able to have a real conversation because it's always gonna be you millennials. Y'all feel this way. I'm watching videos. I can send them to you. You can look at them. They're not edited. That was a good article you sent. I'm lo I'm looking I'm looking at real things that are out here on left, on right, uh -huh. on center. But when I say something that that, that you don't like, Pete, it's immediate. Like, oh, no, that's not true. Talk, you're not the only. You're not the only one, Kyle. You you're not the you only one. Can't get, but you can't get so mad at us because no, I'm not getting mad like, at all. I'm not mad. I'm, I, mean, I feel good. I feel good. <laughs> you, think, My, you think you think it's really an outward attack on 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 the the idea of Biden and what I'm saying is that if we're gonna go that route everybody needs to feel confident and I'm telling everybody, you everybody everybody is not you can't make everybody yeah we can't everybody's not gonna feel confident yeah and you're not gonna get everybody how are you planning to flip votes so, so I, you know, I agree with you. I, I don't think that we can get everybody, and at the same time, I don't think we can throw the baby out with the bathwater. So, I know that the millennials think that we are are, are totally against them because because my son is in he's in the same boat. I mean, if he was on here now, uh, he he would be full on board with you, Kyle, and, and would say you know um, the same things you're saying. Your generation is literally telling us to shut the fuck up and sit down. And right. You, there's no real conversation happening. 
which is annoying because in 2016, this this we had we had something bad happen, and we were told just shut up and vote this way. Right, so but now I think we're, we're coming back and doing our homework, trying to be more productive in the conversation, and it's still a shut up and vote this way because what you're saying doesn't matter. And it's like, well, I mean, we just we all looking at the oh. same information. Oh no! Oh, I love the tactics. I love the tactics. Oh well, I'm not gonna vote for Biden. I'll vote for Trump. This is. So that's not Trump. coming from real, but that's not coming from uh, real. I don't, I don't know who. It's, I don't know who is coming. <laughs> don't, I don't know who. I know who is. Oh, those, those are saying, oh, oh, Bernie Bernie concept yeah. is, is literally. We got, we got Owen back in there. Thank God, we're gonna need some prayer. Bernie, Bernie or Bernie or bust, Bernie or bust. Uh, uh, oh, give me a break. Give me hey, a break. but you know what? I think you know to play devil's advocate too, because uh, Kyle said that we told the millennials to sit down and shut up. I've heard you know the millennials say, "Well, y'all are too old and don't know what you're talking about, so you need to step back and let us take over." There, yeah, the there same has... people, the same people with the D averages who want us to pay for their student loans while they party on South Beach during a damn pandemic. These are the rocket scientists. These are, you know what, Kyle? Kyle, one of your buddies, one of your buddies will probably end up being my urologist. Okay, so I, I have to get off the call because I have to go, but I will leave on this note. And I love this, and I, I hope we can do a part two. We will. At the end of the day, we're not going to really get, you know, unfortunately, we might not end up getting all the things that we want or uh, that we deserve. And, that, and that's because there, there, <laughs> there, there needs to be an entire shift in the way that we do business and take care of our economy. And we're, we're still chasing these little tiny shifts for fractional wins instead of literally fighting an entire system that's coming at us. This is not even about Bernie. Or, or 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 Biden. If we're gonna win, can we at least win on a platform that overturns everything that has given nothing to us over these decades? Because seeing the same thing happen over and over again, it it, it starts to make it seem like there's something wrong with the the, the definition of insanity. Yeah, yeah. So we we want to see like an entire shift and change, and it, it's gonna be ugly. There isn't gonna be bipartisanship at first. It's not going to happen like that. It is going to have to happen and, and be ugly, chaotic, and crazy until something gives. Because they don't want to give a shit. So I agree. Thinking, I, I agree. But, but here we are again with another another moderate Democrat whose pinky ring we're going to have to kiss and hope that he's who he says he is behind closed doors so we can get everything that we've been promised. And that's why I say that VP needs to have that agenda for us there because otherwise it won't be there and we'll be saying oh man you remember what you said during the covid you said you were gonna do all this what does that fucking mean Trump said he's gonna do a lot of things that he hasn't done yeah well, you, you 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 can't expect that from him <laughs> hey, hey kyle before you before you get out i just want to say uh kiss the ring brother <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, next time nip I see it, you, nip it you in the butt. You're going to have to go down like that. You're going to have to go down like that. The distillery wow. part. Wow. You're going to have to. You got it right here on Two Blue Be Black. Two Black to Be Blue. I am your host, Marv Desage. Kyle, thank you for being here, man. On my tribe radio network, powered by Brass Radio One. Look, we don't do uh, like anybody else here, man. We we uh, we get in on each other. We are homeboys to the end. But our our uh, our views, 
our um, <laughs> our value statements are a little bit different on on some uh, issues and whatnot. And I think, like I said, Kyle brought up some valid points, man. These young folks, man, it's gonna be uh, interesting come November. Uh, what's gonna take place? Because I don't think all the Bernie people are going to go uh, quietly uh, to the polls and and do uh, the right thing. And that's what's unnerving about this whole uh, political arena you know um people are you know they're fickle uh, when it comes to uh issues sometimes they want all their issues and you can't sway them to to compromise uh so oh i'm glad you made it back in man and uh <laughs> i'm sure you were listening on the sidelines this thing was hot this thing was hot yeah but you know what here's here's a, here's a problem here's one of the problems i see i see another 2016. And the reason being is because Bernie has already laid the platform. When he gave his uh, when he gave his speech saying he was suspending his campaign, yeah, he basically said, he said, listen, we're, I'm going to, uh, my name is going to stay on the ballot so that we can try to leverage uh, our, our, our position at, at, the, at, the, um, at the convention. So what's going to happen is Folks are still going to be Bernie or bust, and if they if they don't get what they want, they won't vote. Yeah, well, I'm, a little, I'm nervous about that too. I'm like this, you know. To be honest with you, this type of political extortion, I'm not going to be dealing with, you know, because right. it's, it's, it's at a point where, you know, Bernie's going to pull another 2016. He's going to go wilding into the into the convention, trying to start some type of internal strife when he should basically say hey the, the people have spoken the voters have spoken he's had his day basically i'm not gonna say in court but he's had his day at the polls uh -huh. and the elections people are looking people from all demographics within the republic within the democratic party independents moderates liberals they are looking and they're saying that his ideals may sound good but they are not going to be uh, uh economically feasible at this particular time with the senate and the and the, and the house and the numbers they have now in order for bernie to get half the stuff he's even thinking about he'd have to have a a significant majority in the house and, a, and definitely a majority in the senate now there's, there's no there's no guarantee in the white house there's no guarantee that that is going to even is going to occur there's no guarantee all right the problem is that my uh, my thing with the Bernie bros is that they're like saying, well, it's either Bernie or we're voting or I'm going to vote Trump. Well, wait a minute. How are you aligning Bernie's ideals with Trump's ideals? Who do you I mean, if you're not going to if, if Bernie's not going to be the nominee, they're telling me you'd rather have Trump than Biden to continue leading. Not because Trump is not leading this country. To be the to, to be in the occupant in the White House, you're telling me you'd rather have your Bernie person, but you'd rather have Trump over Biden. To be honest, you know, ideologically, that doesn't make sense. So now, you know, we're talking millennials, we're talking people who are young folks, we're talking 21 year olds, 22 year olds who are basically, you know, still getting their education. They, they're not out there paying bills. They're not out there paying the mortgages. Some, you know, some a lot are, but there's a lot who aren't. They are just relying on somebody telling them, hey, you know, like I said, this this thing that I saw that you know, talking about the other day, you know, somebody going to a four year school, getting a, a degree where they can't get a 
real job in. And now they're looking back saying, wow, I got $70,000 in student debt and I'm working at Walmart, Walmart or I'm working at, you know, someplace making $9 an hour. Right. They got $70,000 in student loan. Now, here comes Uncle Bernie. Oh, well, we want student. I want. I would like to have student loan forgiveness. Now, that 20 through two-year-old, his ears are going to perk up. Oh, wow. If Bernie gets elected, he's going to he is going to relieve me of my student debt. No, he's going to try to get legislation, which is not going to go anywhere and on the Republican side. And a lot of Democrats are going to say no also because they're not going to they're not going to pay for it. All right. Now, this is the situation. This is the situation. If I was a 22 year old with seventy thousand dollars of student debt and I'm making eight dollars and eighty five cents an hour working at Walmart, Bernie's going to get my attention. Not knowing that it is going to be a financial hodgepodge in Washington. All right. Trump has created crazy, serious damage in this country. Economically, there's damage because the, you got the haves and the have nots and they're throwing all type of money. You want to get social programs for uh, WIC and SNAP. They can't find money for it. They want to throw 700,000 people off of food stamps during a pandemic. But yet they can come up with 58, $50 billion, $58 billion for the airlines. They didn't come up with billions of dollars for small business loans. Okay, wait a minute. This small business has laid off their employees, but they're going to get a $100,000 loan or $100,000 grant. Is that money going to the employees? Uh, well, no, it's not. Where's it going? It's, well, it's going to the business. Okay, the business that's closed, right? So how do we employees who work there? So, so how, do, this is ridiculous. How, how do we get this happy medium? Because again, uh, you know, it, it's going to come down to uh, once we get, uh, you know, the Bernie supporters and whatnot. Uh, through this initial shock of of, of Bernie stepping uh, aside, w- now we got to start looking at this rally, get getting us from the us versus them to it's us versus them. All right, for November. Biden is I, don't not, think, I don't think it's gonna come down to that. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna ever get there because the Bernie Bros proved that last time around. They, we, we, you know. If, if it's Bernie or Bush. But, and I mean, so- I hear you, and I feel the same way you do it, because I sat across from two uh, supporters, man, during uh, the debate when they were leading up to Carolina, and it didn't look like they were even thinking about, hey, you know what, if we don't get it, we can acquiesce to whoever is going to be that person. Uh, I was saying, hey, if Elizabeth don't get it, then whoever the, 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 the front runner is, I'm, I'm in with them. These folk couldn't say that, so... Now we're in the I can't even say post Trump era. We we are in the current Trump environment, right? And unlike 2016, where we didn't know what we were going to get, we know what we got now. So right. does that impact November? You know, even even with the current climate. Of course, and what the the pressure needs to come from the Democratic Committee and all those people at that level to get Bernie. To convince his people, his, his his supporters, his followers, to do the right thing, get behind, to get behind the nominee. Until that, I mean, that's why you know he, he said it very well. You know, they're gonna they're gonna continue to disrupt and 
kind of you know it's my ball if you don't if you don't want to if you don't play it my way then there's going to be no game you know so mm-hmm. these folks have got it's it's got to come from the top you know we, we we want trump to lead now we need for some we need bernie to actually lead with his people and say hey i understand that you love me you support me you love my ideas i'm so grateful about that but this is about more than me becoming the president it's about taking back america and bringing it back to where it should be not trying to make america great again <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah the thing is you know my, my main thing is the fact that you know we have there is one goal the goal is to remove trump right exactly. trump has, he has given us more than enough reasons to not continue with him as the occupant in the White House. Plain and simple, end of story. He is lining his pockets. Uh, family members are lining their pockets. All type of corporations are lining their pockets with taxpayer money. It's continuing. They don't. Oh well, we're not. We don't. We don't want to uh, deal with socialism. But here, we can do corporate socialism. That's mm. what's going on. It's corporate socialism when you're giving airlines and hotels. And, and, and these other companies, billions of dollars. Boeing is standing there with their hand out, knowing that they have been in trouble for over a year because of the screw up with the 737 MAX jet. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to use this pandemic to say, well, you know, we're having issues too. Can we uh, get a billion dollars? This is ridiculous. And they don't have to, and they don't have to fill out an application for it. This is ridiculous. Right. right. This is crazy. We're jumping through more hoops they than they money. are. Yeah, they, they should have these people, these corporations, they have, they're doing all these stock buybacks. They're giving these uh, CEOs $15 million a year salaries. They're doing all of this stuff. Now, okay, we got a little bit of a, a hard time going on for the company. All right, I think Boeing can say, you know what? You know, we got Boeing has X amount of millions, if not billions, in reserve. They don't want to spend their money. They want to spend our money. Mm. Would you spend any? Would you? Would you spend your money if you could spend someone else's? <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> All right, but the problem is, yeah, the it problem is makes someone sense to else's. Me. The someone else's money is the taxpayers' money, which means we're the ones that are going to have to to deal with this. All right. Now I'm like this. I would say to Boeing, uh, how much money do you have in reserve? Oh well, well we got about twenty, twenty-two, twenty-one billion. All right. Take, take a billion of your dollars and do what you need to do. Uh, the, the, your factory is shut down or whatever for a month. You got to pay what? Rent? You got to pay your gas or electric? Take it out of that billion dollars. I think you can cover it. Okay? You know, your employees, well, maybe they have to file for unemployment for four or five weeks. We have a pandemic going on. You want to try to continue to make airplanes and you got half of your workforce home sick. And now you look at these other small businesses where people don't even have health insurance. They don't have health insurance, and they now have been basically laid off from work. That's a double whammy. Right. Listen, you know, it, 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 it's deeper than that, and I'm sure we all know that. I work in a sure non- deeper. Non- yeah, I, I work in a, non- a nonprofit organization. We just had to furlough employees because we're not receiving money. You know what I'm saying? So because we have to lay off employees, our services are reduced. Now, we service homeless. We service uh, women and children. We service those who are just uh, getting back from prison. 
trying to reacclimate to regular life. We service all these different populations. We, we service uh, uh, undocumented immigrants and those who are trying to get to become uh, naturalized citizens. We, we, mm. we have all these services, but we can't. Even, we're, we're not going to be able to really provide all those services full steam ahead as we have been doing unless we find a way to get some of that stimulus money from the government. Where's the money come from? Where's the, where's your money come from? Well, so we have, we have, you know, we have donors. We, we write grants. Um, you know, it comes from a, a number of different sources. But when you look at... Um, is some of that federal? Some of it is federal, yeah. Okay. There goes that socialism so, again. Uh, yeah, and so you look at these large corporations who, like Boeing, as you mentioned, uh, is building planes. But well, what about those who are at the community level who are yeah. actually servicing people? You know, so, um, yeah, all, the, all that stuff sounds great. It sounds nice, but there are people who are losing out. I mean, real people who are actually losing out because services can't be provided for them, you know. Mm. And, and, and we have to put out, you know, large grant applications in order to uh, get something. Where is the government going to say, hey, I realize you're out here. And you're doing all this great work for the community. Here, we're gonna we're gonna kick you back some dollars too, so you can keep providing these these necessary services. <laughs> you know, where is that? Where is that bailout? You yeah, know? two trillion, two trillion dollars, two trillion dollars. Okay. And I think Kyle brought that question up before, and I know weeks ago I asked the same question. I said, uh, and I asked it in the in the you know the framework of you know we were talking about reparations for the black community. How would that look? Where would it? How how would it be presented? And so you know the the response was always, well, we don't have that kind of money. We will break the country uh, trying to do reparations for for all people of color uh, in uh, specifically uh, Pan Africans uh, here in the country. So now here we are in a pandemic, and two trillion comes out of nowhere, just out of the atmosphere. Listen, uh, man, the government has a way of keeping out money whenever they need it and, and handing it to whoever they need to hand it to. Listen. I was, when, when Obama was trying to get the, the country back on track, which he did, I was against some of those bailouts because, like he said, those corporations, those companies have their, their, their reserve funds. And now you want to come to the government, you know, private, private entities want to come to the government for a bailout when you, you got money. That's, right. like, that's like me right now. I got, I got a savings account with... With ten thousand dollars on it, but uh, hey Pierre, can you help me get some groceries? I don't, I don't, want to dip into my savings. Can, can right. you help me get some groceries? You know, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to spend. Yeah, I don't want to spend my money. I want to spend your money. Right, right. Yeah. it's ludicrous. So you have all these private entities coming, and 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 they're, they're, you know, for lack of a better term, they're sucking the tit of the government and uh, and, and getting full. <laughs> yeah, getting full, you know. So and the, and the thing yeah. is that they control it. They're the ones. They are the ones who are controlling. It. You ask yourself now, like, who's going to decide who gets the piece of that, a sliver of that two trillion dollar pie? Well, now you got the Trump administration and got their Very people. Efficient. Yeah, and they got their people doing it. And now he gets rid of the watchdog. How does how does how does the person how do they get rid? Of the watchdog 
the mm. IG and put your own person in there. You know, and then you know they, they got to write. They have to write specific legislation in the bill to prevent Trump from putting his stubby fingers in there to get stuff to bail out his hotels and all of that crap. But you I know? mean, he's it's made a, a pretty good. We got to go through this. He, he's done it's, what it's almost ridiculous. three years of revolving doors on, uh, uh, you know, his uh, cabinet members. So, yep. you know, he he's got it down to a sign. And I think he just took the blueprint from his eleven bankruptcies with his own business. You know, how do you perfect per, perfect failure? <laughs> and yep. and so that's what he's done. He's made a living out of perfecting failure. You know, you can believe you can believe each week or each month, whatever it was in the Trump organization. All right. When those comp his company was uh, filing, filing for bankruptcy and supposedly losing money. Uh, I don't know how the hell you bankrupt the casino. OK, I don't understand how that could happen. <laughs> but he but did anyway, it. Eleven times. You can believe each week. All right. I don't know what he was getting paid as the chairman of the organization. But you can believe Trump, Trump Jr., Ivanka, Eric, and a few other other minions, they were getting theirs right off the top. Trump was getting his $250,000 a month salary or a week, whatever he was getting. They were all getting paid. Now, when it comes down to the people who were doing the actual work, the contractors, uh -huh. employees, all of that, those were the ones getting stiff. Right? Bankruptcies, bankruptcies, bankruptcies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Trump has had more turnover in his administration than a, than a Jones at a cat house. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this, I mean, when you're talking about unprecedented, the things that we have seen, you know, in, in my 50-something years, I have never seen anything like this. Right. You know? I agree. And, yeah, I, have, I, I agree. Have, I, haven't even, I haven't read anything like this. This, I mean, this is... This is government on a totally new level, you know. And the problem is, is now that the precedent has been set, totally keep it from happening again. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're tuned in to Two Blue Be Black, Two Black to Be Blue. I'm Marvin Sarge here with uh, my regulars on here, the good lieutenant and, and Owen. And, and then we had Kyle here a little while ago, um, you know, and we're about uh, about 10 minutes out, man. I was going to do another piece uh, to the puzzle here with, uh, with Trump and this whole pharmaceutical uh, thing that's come up, you know. Um, but I don't know if we can knock that down in, in, uh, in 10 minutes. Well, you know, you know uh, drug dealing will be drug dealing. <laughs> <laughs> nip it, nip it in I mean, the it's like butt. every time, every day, every, every single day since that person somehow got put in that position has been, re it's just remarkable all of the corrupt situations that come out. Mm. Now, he's pushing this drug. Doctors are saying, well, no, 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 no. Oh, well, yeah, it could, it could be a game changer. Uh -huh. Now it turns out, now it turns out he's got money invested in the company that makes, you know, a generic uh, ingredients of that drug. Right. So now he's standing, right. he's standing to make money if those sales go uh, through the roof or hyper or whatever, he's going to make money. Well, it's not a matter of if. I mean, we don't have a vaccine okay. currently. You got 
you know, uh, well, I want to say thousands, but we got millions of people dying globally from this pandemic. So any life preserver thrown is going to be uh, latched onto and done in a fashion that will create uh, some type of uh, revenue. So, you know, I, I, I don't foresee this being an if for him. This is this is a guarantee. The problem but we have is you know he can't I be doing this. I don't even. I, I don't even. I, I'm not even as concerned about the revenue. I, you know, he, he's got interest. Somebody's got interest. Whatever. But if but I, how can you not be concerned have, with him being the president? You can't make money like that as a president. I'm getting ready to tell you. Okay. Because the reason why, the reason why this is one of the least I'm concerned is because I'm more concerned about lies. Now, if what I heard on the radio is correct, that they wanted to test this new drug, this vaccine or whatever, over in Africa, you know, that they, you know, and, and we all know, just like, you know, we hear those commercials on the, on the television, uh, you know, this drug will, this drug will keep you up all night, but it has to turn, right? You know, it, 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 if you experience these things, you know, including that, you should uh, stop taking it, right? Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> without any of that, we just want to go and test it on black folks. We want to go test it on people in Africa, you know. And that's a, I, I think I, that's a serious concern for me on the human side. You know, I, I get the money. I get, you know, we don't want the president profiting off of something like that. You shouldn't be profiting off of something like that. But the fact that they want to test that drug or those drugs on people who may or may not even have a choice in the matter. You know what I mean? And what's the significance of Africa? Why Africa? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. What? He ain't talking about going to China. He ain't talking about going to Korea. Right. You know, he ain't talking about going to any of those other places, Sweden, you know. But and this is not the first time. You have quite a yeah. bit. You have quite a few uh, pharmaceutical companies that are based out of Africa. And I know this because we did a a uh, a, um, a project when I was doing my graduate uh, studies. And, and Kyle can attest to this uh, uh, when, when he pops on next week again. Um we uh, we were looking at uh, uh, an article and they were talking about the testing of these different types of drugs to deal with uh, viruses and bacteria and whatnot. And they were being done in Africa. The data uh, was being driven because you had a high enough uh, uh, populace that, that you could use as testing. Um, um, I don't even know what specimens, for lack of better words. And so they, you know, again, keeping this under wraps, nobody else knew about this. This was just an, art, an article that was written. And the reason why we were reading this is because we were trying to uh, hammer out what was driving the favorite, uh, favorable or uh, not so favorable articles. And so it came down to, again, following the money. The doctors that did the study were being paid by the pharmacies so that they would get a favorable uh, article written about their particular drug and that way they could present this as an adver an, an advertisement or uh, as an endorsement of their drug. They can say, hey, look, this doctor did this study and gave us this favorable review. But the reason was because that doctor was being paid by the pharmacy. So I said all that to say that here we have again uh, the pharmaceutical company 
pushing this experimental drug to deal with uh, a, 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 um, a an urgent situation with the pandemic, but they're doing it in an area that now, again, plays in line with institutional racism. It also uh, 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 is being done by people who are on payroll with this company. So it's a conflict of interest on top of being discriminatory all at the same time. Yet it's all in our heads, right? <laughs> it's all in our heads. And don't point out what's going on in Cook County, okay, in the correctional facility because they're criminals. That demonize them. Again, we're talking about dehumanization. If you make them uh, less than human, then it's acceptable to do that type of uh, destructive and, and, and traumatic uh, injury to them. South, uh, South uh, Los Angeles doesn't get the testing sites. Uh, and as long as they don't have the the uh, uh, Internet access and the computers to be able to look up to see they're being bypassed for testing, then it's a no harm, no foul. OK, and we have the same thing going on in New York City. We have the same thing going on in Boston, even in Rochester. And it wasn't until it brought a spotlight to it that then you start to see, well, maybe we'll look at the data. And of course, the numbers are going to say more African-Americans are uh, Hispanics are coming up with this, this virus because guess what? You started testing them. It's not because of the uh, pre-existing hypertension or asthma or diabetes or ob obesity. You know, that that runs in every ethnic group but again when you want to drive the narrative so now you can bring in a pharmaceutical and say hey look you guys have a higher volume of this going on in your community so why don't you test out these drugs for us to see if they work what have you got to lose oh no what's going on especially like you talk about like africa it's very very easy very simple uh you can go to a uh african country and go to the leaders of that country or the leader of that country, of that, of that area, and say, look, we want to build a farm, we want to build a factory here, and uh, if you give us the okay, the permits to build this factory, so that we can bring in these chemicals, so we can make these drugs, you know, we'll give, we'll give you X amount of dollars. Mm. The corruption and stuff that's going on over there is in a lot of areas are through the roof. We know what's going on. Uh, they still got piracy going on over there. They be high, they be hijacking. Uh, supplies and convoys and shutting down the ports. Mm -hmm. You know, you get 40 people on jeeps coming into an area with machine guns, you know, taking over a ship and removing its contents mm. and then uh, extorting the ship owners or whatever to get that stuff back or, or whatever. They go to those countries and now they're giving these people the hundreds of thousands of dollars, which makes you a hundred thousand dollars in Africa. Some of these countries, you might as well say that's a million. Right. Okay. Well, we got so about now, three minutes to wrap up. What? What? Uh, yeah. and, what and then what, I'm just gonna say real quick that they go into the city, the towns, whatever, get people. They tell them that they're gonna be quote unquote guinea pigs. Uh huh. They don't ask. They tell them that they're gonna test this, and test that, or they might end up disappearing. This is what's going on over there. Because, like you said, they're not they're not doing all this testing in Canada or Switzerland, yeah, or France or nothing like that. They're going to the poorest areas of the world. And basically kid, kidnapping people to do this stuff. Coming we back to that so, social economics again. We look at uh, the swine flu, no, f famously known as the Spanish uh, flu again. Impoverished yeah. uh, environments, low income, uh, perfect specimen to be uh, testing because where's the resistance? You don't have the resources right. nor the education to fight back, right? No voice. That's why it's important right. to vote. 
That's why it's important to run for office. That's why it's important to hold these positions uh, that not only uh, uh, enforce the laws, but uh, write and create the laws. All right. That's the only way we're going to get any type of political uh, uh, acknowledgement or, or voice or strength. So like Kyle was saying, you know, we're going to have to incorporate the young folk involved in into this fight. But at the same time, we got to have some respectable lines. Uh, they have to respect our, 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 our wisdom and our, our veteran of being here and having done that. And we got to respect their their passion and their insight as well. So, uh, hey, fellas, I thank you, man. It's, we got two minutes out. I know it's gonna be hard to do a minute apiece, uh, but I just, <laughs> but I just want to say, uh, two blue to be black, two black to be blue. Uh, we'll be airing every Friday, twelve to two. Uh, we have the re airs that come on uh, during the week. You can go on to my Tribe Radio Network uh, website and look at the schedule you'll see uh my show on there uh, this show that you're listening to now you'll see uh also uh the wife uh, uh has a uh, a show on there as a couple one is uh, uh bring the fire and then also journeys exodus and and again we're talking about this tribe is all about perspective of different issues that impact black and brown people uh from our perspective from our experience so you may agree you may disagree but if you tune in you're going to do well, one thing is you're going to be educated and enlightened uh to a different perspective than your own so i thank you guys for being on here oh anything on closing hey man thanks for having us on and uh We'll see you next week. Absolutely. P? Well, I just want to say, you know, I, I want to send a shout out to Kyle who took his ball <laughs> and left the playground. Uh, I want to let him know that I respect the fact that he's a millennial. I want to let him know that I'm, we're all probably, we're old enough to be his father or grandfather and he's got to you know, respect us or we'll put a foot in his ass. Uh you know, the millennials, I respect the millennials, all right? My son's a millennial. I understand this, this situation that's going on, but they have to understand that there's an economic life that they haven't experienced yet. You know, paying the bills, uh, getting yourself ready, investment-wise, uh, uh, 401ks and your future and your family <laughs> and paying a mortgage and all that stuff. Just because somebody promises something, that does not mean that it's the best thing. Or it's or it's going to even happen. Well, we know, go we <laughs> we go litigate yeah, that, that, it next yeah, week. No, 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 not at all. I'm just going to say I'm just going to get ramped hey, up again. The Bernie, yeah, the, the Bernie or bust mentality is not helpful. That yeah. could be very very harmful. Well, hey, you heard it here on Two Blue Be Black, Two Black to Be Blue by Tribe Radio Network, powered by Brass Radio One. We will uh, see you all next week, man. Stay safe, stay in, and uh, thank you guys again, man. I'll talk with y'all later. You know that.